The pads were popping on Saturday in the Texas Longhorns' first scrimmage of fall camp, and we discuss everything you need to know on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns. You are Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on College because terms and conditions do apply. And on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we are getting into the first scrimmage from fall camp on Saturday. Offensive takeaways in the first segment, defensive takeaways in the second segment. And in the last segment, Rodney Terry hot on the recruiting trail once again, getting his first recruit for the 2024 class composite five-star Cam Scott. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day uh it was a short weekend too short for me you know we made it back to monday already but i hope everybody that's listening had a safe and fun weekend and stayed out of the heat as much as possible every time i looked at that weather app it showed up in triple digits right it said 100 this weekend it was really really hot outside so hopefully hopefully everybody stayed cool um and had a fun weekend and is rejuvenated on this monday right uh we know that we're getting closer to football season about 2019 days away you know sorry i can't keep up with the tracker uh but we know football season is upon us because they were popping pads on saturday like i said in the first scrimmage and we're, we're going to discuss everything you need to know and a lot of good things came out of the scrimmage um and so you know i got my takeaways from it right on offense and on defense these are from horns 24 7 and inside texas just kind of mixed in uh you know some other stuff i saw on twitter so Here we go. My first takeaway on the offensive side of the ball from Saturday scrimmage, we're talking about the quarterback room. And we heard some good things and some not so good things from the quarterback room, but mostly good. Let's start with uh, quarterback one, Quinn Ewers, who I can't wait to see take the field this year, uh, starting, you know, on September 2nd against Rice. And everything I read and saw uh, from Quinn Ewers said he was in command, right? He may not have been the best quarterback on the field during the scrimmage. We'll get to that here in a minute, but he was in command and looked really good. They, Mentioned touchdowns that he threw to Jonte Cook and A.D. Mitchell. Xavier Worthy did not participate in the scrimmage. He had a green jersey on. Most people believe it was due to a stomach bug that has been going around in the locker room. Also, Jordan Whittington did participate in the early parts of the scrimmage. Uh, He was described as making some big catches. Uh, But then they said he suffered a shoulder or arm injury. But most people around the program, most people I've talked to or seen speak on it right (laughs) they said that they believe that uh jordan jordan whittington is fine and he should be good moving forward in terms of fall camp and also quinn ewers was able to use his legs to run one in and that's something that we saw at south lake carroll him using his athleticism we didn't see it a ton last year i know he had a rushing touchdown against baylor i believe it was either baylor or iowa state i think it was baylor Um, and then he used his legs a little bit at the end of the oklahoma state game 
And we expect this offense to be dominant this year, and he'll have no trouble passing the ball the majority of the time. But, you know, there are going to be some scenarios where coverage is tight. You know, the game is on the line, and you're going to have to make a play. And we know that Sark, for the most part, is anti-quarterback run, but Quinn Ewers certainly can use his legs. He's not Taysom Hill. He's not Trevor Lawrence or anything like that. He's not Daniel Jones, but he certainly can use his legs to pick up a first down. So good to see him, you know, making that a big part of his game, at least in the scrimmage, and hopefully it translates on the field this season. But just him being in command, man you know leading the offense and looking really good in the scrimmage definitely will start to translate when we play rice on september 2nd now he did throw an interception to jaron thompson we also saw earlier in the week the texas football twitter posted a tweet of a clip of jalen Catalan catching an interception that quinn ewers threw we know he's a gunslinger we know he's not going to go through the season unscathed but as long as he's making a lot more positives than negatives you can deal with that with quinn ewers arm talent arch manning was described as having a really good day maybe the best quarterback on the field in the scrimmage and he was described as being a lot more decisive and looking really good in terms of making his reads delivering the ball accurately and on time a complete 180 compared to what we saw in the spring game and nobody on the texas side knocked Arch Manning for how he looked in the spring game. We understood he was a true freshman that had been on campus for three months. But, you know, when there's a lot of expectations, when you're rated that high, people are waiting to see you play. And a lot of people are waiting to see you fail. And based on his spring game performance, people had their takes ready that, you know, I told you he was a three star and he'll never live up. But here's, we're starting to see the Arch Manning that was rated number one in his class for a reason. Right. And we know that you know, he has that pedigree of a Manny. He's going to stay late. You know, he's going to speak up in meetings and he's going to study that playbook. And it looks like the game is really starting to slow down for him at the University of Texas. But the biggest story about Arch Manning was not what he did with his arm. It's what he did with his legs. Right. He was out there looking like prime Vince Young in the scrimmage. They said he had a 55 yard touchdown run. And he's probably the most athletic of the three quarterbacks in the room, probably the most athletic of the four Mannings, you know, hopefully that made it to the NFL, Archie Payton and Eli, hopefully Arch is the fourth. Um, and so like Quinn, you know, it's good to see when things break down, him using his legs to uh, make a big play. My only concern is that if the first team defense cannot catch Arch Manning, if the first team DBs cannot catch Arch Manning, how y'all going to catch Jalen Milrow in week two against Alabama, right? <laughs> like, that's my only concern. You know what I mean? So I love to see Arch, you know, showing out, you know, in the scrimmage. And, you know, I'll just take it as the offense getting the better of the defense. But we got to clean that up by the time we get to week two. Because if Archman had taken off for 55, Lord, I don't even want to know what Jalen Milrow got cooked up of his sleeve <laughs> against Texas in week two. And they also said he worked with the twos and the threes, right? And so, of course, you would, you know, assume that he's working with the threes. Uh, but him moving up to the twos was a little interesting for me. And my next question or takeaway is what's going on with Malik? Because on Horns 24-7, they acknowledged that he threw a pick six to, you know, Malik Muhammad, a true freshman corner out of South Oak Cliff. But they said he played well. Earlier in the week on Inside Texas, the comment was made, which I thought was a little disrespectful, but the comment was made that Malik Murphy is still trying to learn how to play quarterback. I don't think he's still trying to learn how to play quarterback. He's been a quarterback for years. He may not be where you think he needs to be, but he's not learning how to play quarterback by any means, right? But they also said that he threw a pick six and – pick six and looked flustered for the majority of the scrimmage. And I think that's a big deal. One, because Malik Murphy has been on campus almost two years now. So you would expect him to be better than that. I know the defense is really good, but we expect this offense to be really good. And there should not be a scrimmage where he just looks completely flustered Two, you know, 
if Arch Manning is as good as we think he is, then that's not necessarily a problem that he is, you know, getting closer and closer to maybe unseating Malik Murphy for that quarterback number two spot, right? Because iron sharpens iron, but we don't expect that to happen this season, especially that early on in the season, right? We also know that, you know, Quinn Ewers can be a little injury prone. So if we have to rely on Malik Murphy this season, we would expect him to be good enough to keep Texas afloat in the big 12 championship race. And based on what we're hearing, at least from the inside Texas side off the first scrimmage, I'm not sure how much of that is the case. So hopefully he picks it up and hopefully he gets stronger, you know, this last month of the season. And, you know, we'll see on the field, right. You know what he looks like, because the one time we've seen him in the spring game, he looked awesome. So these reports about him looking flustered and just not being all the way there is a little, you know, confusing to me, but, you know, we'll see what happens when he takes the field, hopefully this season in mop up duty for Quinn Ewers. My second takeaway is that DJ Campbell looks like he's in line to start. He got the first team reps at right guard and all sources say that he did really good. Right. He's just a freak athlete at that position, a former basketball player at Bowie, um, somebody who's really strong. And they talk about he's just a mover, a road grader in the run game. Right. The only question is, you know, maybe understanding the full offense and his consistency and pass sets. But I think that he's just uber talented and you got to put him out there and let him figure it out. Right. And I think that what he can bring to this offense uh, kind of brings, you know, a skill set that nobody else in that room can bring. Right. And so I think he can be dominant on that interior and really improve our power run game up front because that's something that struggled in the spring game and in the first scrimmage on Saturday. They said they were not able to run up the middle. I think DJ Campbell gives you a better chance of doing that. And you could still put Cole Hudson at left guard or at center where he's gotten some work uh, over the offseason as well. So all signs seem to point to DJ Campbell taking that right guard spot. And I think that's better for the success of the football team this year. My next takeaway is A.D. Mitchell could be the number one receiver. And I know that the offense is going to run through Xavier Worthy. He's going to get, you know, all of the deep shots. You know, they're going to force feed Xavier Worthy at times. And I think he'll end up with probably more catches and more yards. But when the game is on the line, when you're in a tough spot, if there's a tough third down conversion and you need to make a play, I think Quinn Ewers is going to go to A.D. Mitchell, right? I think that Xavier Worthy will have the best stats on the team. But I think that in that wide receiver room, A.D. Mitchell is the biggest alpha. And we've seen it on the biggest stage in college football playoff games and national championship games. So, like I said, you know, Xavier Worthy will have the best stats. I think he's our most explosive receiver. But in terms of a number one, in terms of an alpha, in terms of when you need to play, uh, make a play, when the game is on the line, when you're in a tough spot, when you need to make a conversion, I think that ball goes to A.D. Mitchell. He's that special and he's an alpha at that position. And my last takeaway is will Jaden Blue be a factor? We heard Jonathan Brooks had a really good scrimmage. We know he's going to be the bell cow. We've known since Cedric Baxter signed on the dotted line that he would be a huge part of this offense. And, you know, the sources said that he was really good in the scrimmage. Keelan Robinson was mentioned as the third running back, right? And um, he's been really good. They said there was a fourth and one that he took 50 yards to the house, uh, made a ton of plays, you know, in the passing game and the running game. And we know what he brings to this team uh, in terms of special teams, right? He's a really special player, a special leader, somebody that deserves to get touches on this football team. But I've said all offseason that Jaden Blue might be one of the most explosive players on this team. Jaden Blue, we saw what he did um, in the spring game, right? And this is a former number one running back in the country before he opted out. It just feels like somebody that you shouldn't be able to keep off the field, right? But it, I'm kind of getting like Alfred Collins vibes from Jaden Blue. Like he's super talented, should be in this running back rotation, but it feels like the staff is just a little bit lukewarm on him, right? And the reports that we got about Jaden Blue were he got some touches, but none of them were, you know, 
spectacular or none of them stood out right and i think he's way too special of a player to not be being mentioned in every single practice report we get so not sure what's going on with Jaden blue right now he seems like he's clearly fourth in the pecking order which doesn't make sense to me talent wise but you know i trust the staff i trust this team and you know, hopefully Jaden Blue can be a factor for this team this year, because like I said, I think he's one of the most explosive players, not only on the Texas football team, but maybe in the country. But there's something that's holding him back. There's something that's keeping him off the field. And I'm not sure exactly what it is. But for the most part, all good things coming from the offensive side of the ball. Seems like the offense is really in sync and ready to do big things starting on September 2nd. A quick word from our sponsors. And then we're getting into the defense who had a damn good day on Saturday in the first fall camp scrimmage. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. If you want to find qualified candidates that you can talk to faster and you want to post your job for free, then you need to go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's all caps locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So we're getting to the defensive side of the ball, and I was super impressed with how the defense looked last year, you know, especially coming off the 2021 season. I felt like it was a big 180. And, you know, of course, bringing in players like Ryan Watts, um, you know, really helped with that. Jade Barron took a big step. Jalen Ford, who was an All-American, uh, you know, took a big step. Keandre Coburn, Mauro Ojemo, all of those players. We just saw so much development. And you started to see the game slow down, right? In that second year of Pete Kukowski's defense, you started to really see the players kind of understand, you know, uh, what he wanted to accomplish and really execute it at a high level on the field, you know, especially in, you know, week two against Alabama, right? I think we were all surprised at how well that defense played, you know, in week two against Alabama. And I was at the game and, you know, the fact that Alabama only scored 20 points is still a mystery to me, right? It's one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen at the University of Texas. And I think they have a really good chance uh, to build on what they were able to do last year. You know, obviously losing, uh, Mora Ojemo, DeMarvian Overshone, and Keandre Coburn are big pieces, but I think they've added some big pieces and already had some really talented players on the 40 heading into this season. So, you know, I think what makes this Texas football team so special is not only do we expect an explosive offense that should carry us in most games, but this is not only a defense that won't lose you games. This is a defense that will keep you in every game and probably at some point this year is going to win you a game or two. They're that special. And I think they'll pick up right where they left off last year and possibly even improve under year three in Pete Kukowski. My first takeaway from everything we've heard is that Alfred Collins is changing the narrative. And I think this is huge uh, for the defensive side of the ball, right? And we know that he's probably one of the four or five most talented players on this defense. We've been saying it since 2020, but we just haven't seen it really materialize on the field, right? We've seen great individual spectacular plays in the Colorado game, you know, in the bowl game. And then, uh, you know, he had a play on the goal line against Iowa State. Uh, this past season, which led to Hunter Decker throwing an interception in the end zone. So when he's on the field and when he's on, he flashes. But the problem is that's been more missed than hit, you know, the last three or four years that he's been on campus. We heard in the first media availability from Steve Sarkeesian, maybe it was the second one, but during fall camp, he mentioned uh, Alfred Collins as being a standout player, right? Unprovoked, right? He just said, these are, you know, some players that are standing out. I know you're going to ask. And Alfred Collins was the first name he mentioned, right? And we kind of, all as Texas fans took it, you know, with a grain of salt because it's like, okay, we've heard this before. And then the next five reports will say, you know, Alfred Collins isn't showing enough in practice, right? 
everything we're hearing from the scrimmage says that Alfred Collins was an absolute baller. So much so that, and this was mostly based on personnel. I don't think, you know, this is how it'll go during the season, but he was getting a lot of run next to Byron Murphy where Tavondre Sweat was kind of coming off the bench to replace Ethan Burke to match personnel, right? So, so much so that you're really starting interior defensive linemen for the majority of the scrimmage were Alfred Collins and Byron Murphy. And we know Byron Murphy is just the epitome of consistency, motor. He's a dog every play, you know, in and out. And he's going to be really special for this Texas football team. But we kind of felt like whatever we got from Alfred Collins this year would be house money. Right now, it seems like he's going to be an impact player for real, right, on the defensive side of the ball. And we heard that, you know, the defense was kind of dominant, you know, in terms of the uh, offensive line and the run game not being able to really get a push up the middle. You know, they made some plays to the outside, but in terms of up the middle, uh, they weren't great in terms of the running game. And that's something we saw in the spring game. And then the pass rush, right? They said there was a ton of pressure on the quarterback, a lot more pressure than the offense expected. So I think that's what Alfred Collins brings to this team twofold right he's super athletic somebody that's kind of a tweener can pay, play on the edge or the inside but you know he's strong enough and stout enough to help stop the run but he's also kind of a freak in terms of rushing the passer uh from the inside and those are two areas that we really need to improve in this year so you know i think if alfred collins can change the narrative if alfred collins can finally show up as that impact player on the 40 acres it'll be huge for this defense that i think with jalen catalan can be borderline elite in 2023 and shout out Byron Murphy, who, like I said, right next to Collins, was a dog on Saturday. My second takeaway is the 2023 class is special. And I mentioned, you know, Arch Manning and Jonte Cook doing their thing on the offensive side of the ball. Jonte Cook caught a touchdown from Quinn Ewers, but we heard really good updates from the defensive side of the ball from some players. Now, I was surprised we didn't hear from Derek Williams. I thought he would star in the first scrimmage, but we got another one on Saturday. So I guess I'll be patient. But Leona LaFowle, you know, they've talked about him. Um, you know, really learning and, you know, soaking everything in from Jalen Ford and being, you know, really good, kind of the future of that middle linebacker position at the University of Texas. And they said he made one of the splash plays on Saturday, which was a big hit on JT Sanders over the middle, um, forcing a fumble. And we also remember in the spring game, he had a big play on the goal line where he had a pass deflection on Gunnar Helm, right, which would have been a touchdown if he didn't deflect the ball. So already, you know, seeing like the game is slowing down for Leonga LaFowle. Um, he's getting really acclimated to Pekakowski in this defense, Jeff Chode and what they want him to do. And he's made plays all offseason, right? And so he's going to be a factor for us this year, but I can't wait to see him as a starter possibly the next two years in the SEC. Anthony Hill, we know his pedigree. We know how talented he is. And they said he was all over the field. And what's so crazy about Anthony Hill is not only is he dominant in terms of actual production, not only is he dominant in terms of his instincts and diagnosing the play, but he's a freak athlete as well, right? Somebody who could, uh, you know, squat 500 to 600 pounds and was on his four by four relay team in track, you know, in high school. So he's a freak athlete. I cannot wait to see him on the 40 acres. I've said a million times, you know, I respect the fact that David Bender is starting, but I would not be surprised if by game six, Anthony Hill is not out there starting at that linebacker position next to Jalen Ford. He's just too talented, too special of a player, too special of an athlete, future SEC defensive player of the year at the University of Texas. And of course, Malik Muhammad, they just talked about his pedigree being a natural corner, right? Being a natural at that position, he won two state championships at South Oak Cliff for a reason. And he had a pick six uh, against 
uh, Malik Murphy. And they said he also made some really good plays uh, throughout the scrimmage working with the first team defense. So not sure if he'll be with the first team, you know, in the first game against Rice. That doesn't seem likely. But he was a top 40, top 50 player in the country for a reason. And somebody who's going to be really special at that cornerback position at the University of Texas. And then hopefully at the next level after that, Ethan Burke is likely the guy. Right. We've heard, you know, we know Baron Sorrell is locked in and, uh, you know, we've heard that a lot of players could contribute at that position. But it looks like Ethan Burke will be taking the first snap opposite of Baron Sorrell against Rice uh, on September 2nd. And I think that's, you know, probably the best option. You know, I think all of those guys in that room bring unique skill sets and can give you something in flashes. But I think in terms of your most consistent pass rusher in that room opposite Baron Sorrell is probably Ethan Burke right now, you know. And we'll have to see how he holds up in the run game. You know, maybe that's something that, you know, he'll have to figure out throughout the course of the season. But the goal of the game is to get the quarterback on his ass, right? You know, and Ethan Burke, that's something that he's excelled in since Westlake. So if he's the guy opposite of Baron Sorrell, then I'm comfortable that the pass rush might be a little bit better than it was last year. And we know that Pete Kikowski likes to bring the blitz. So they'll get a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And my last takeaway is kind of what I've said this whole time. The defense continues to win scrimmages. They continue to win the spring game, right? That's something that we saw last year. And that's something that we saw this year. We heard that they were really good in all the scrimmages last year. And we heard that they're really good in the scrimmages this year. So all that tells me is that that's going to directly translate to the on-field production this year. And like I said, I would be shocked if this defense was not as good as it was last year or better in the 2023 season, a quick word from our sponsors. And then we're getting into the Texas basketball team where Rodney Terry continues to dispel those crazy rumors that he can't recruit. <laughs> All right. So enough football talk. We talked about football for about 20, 22 minutes. So let's get into uh, the basketball talk, you know, for my basketball people. Uh, and, you know, when we look at this team, I think for the 2023 team, Ronnie Terry did a really good job of filling out the roster. But as we see, you know, with football, it's not as big a deal in basketball, especially now with the transfer portal and, you know, all of that. But, um, you know, recruiting never stops, you know. And so, uh, you know, Ronnie Terry is kind of figuring out, you know, summer workouts, trying to get this team ready for the season. The season is creeping up on us, you know, quicker than we think, but also trying to build out the roster for the next few years, right? And the only way you can do that right now, you know, because the transfer portal, obviously we don't know who's going to enter the transfer portal after the season. The only way you can do that right now is through the recruiting classes, right? And Ronnie Terry has done such a good job in terms of moving around. I always say nobody works harder. He's at all of these camps, all of these summits, you know, all of these different places where these young uh, basketball players, the future stars of our game are showing out, right? It seems like Rodney Terry is there every time and it's paid dividends because he was able to go into South Carolina and get a player out of South Carolina, a composite five-star in Cam Scott, 25th overall player in the country for the 2024 class. And he was considering, you know, South Carolina, Tennessee, Auburn, all of those schools, Alabama, right? All of those schools in the SEC, in his region, in South Carolina, but he visited Texas and said Texas just felt like home. And now he should be one of the headliners on this team in the 2024 season, all the way from Lexington, South Carolina. Like I said, nobody works harder than Rodney Terry, 
165 pounds at that position, a big guard. And that's something that it looks like we've been kind of trending towards over the last few years, right? Those big guards uh, that can be versatile, play multiple positions, you know, a point guard, shooting guard, maybe even on the wing um, if you need them to, or you have a really good three guard lineup and, you know, players that can do everything for this Texas basketball team, whether it's score, play, make, or compete on the defensive end. Cam Scott brings all of that as one of the best players in high school in the country. 6'5", 165. When you look at his junior year last year in terms of his averages, 19 points a game, six rebounds, three assists per game, and two and a half steals. So somebody who was a leader on his team and did a little bit of everything and could bring that versatility to the 40 acres. And this is from uh, one of 24-7's director of scouting in terms of basketball. But what does Cam Scott bring to this Texas basketball team? Well, he's a versatile and smooth big guard, right? Somebody who can handle the ball really well and just kind of controls the offense when the ball is in his hands. Naturally unselfish, willing ball mover. I think that's going to be really key for Ronnie Terry's offense. They like a lot of ball movement, and they like to put a lot of pressure on the defense. So if you have a point guard that's really controlled with the ball, can control the offense and can get everybody involved, make shots easier for everybody on the offense, that's going to bode really well. Uh, for Rodney Terry, and he's, he's extremely fluid with the ball in the open court, right? Somebody who's super athletic and can get to the rim with ease, and he's an improved shooter, right? I think last year he shot 34% from the three-point line, and sources are saying that his shot continues to improve year in and year out. So by the time he gets to the University of Texas, he could be a consistent and lethal threat from that three-point line while also clearly being able to put pressure on the rim with his athleticism and getting his teammates involved uh, with his rim pressure and being able to break down the defense. So you love to see Rodney Terry out there hot on the recruiting trail. You love to see him bringing in one of the best players in the country for the 2024 class, especially when you're expected to lose three guards after this season. You know, you're kind of replenishing the cupboard at that position. And, you know, like I said, anytime you can go get a five star all the way from South Carolina, that means that, you know, people are paying attention to what you're doing in your program. That means you're recruiting hard. And when people come to the University of Texas and they say it feels like home, that means you're doing a really good job on those visits and you're doing a really good job of selling the future of this program. And I want to give a shout out to the higher ups, right? Because, you know, in other sports and other programs, we've heard people complain about lack of NIL support, not being able to get the players you want and, um, you know, all of that. And that does not seem to be the case, right? We know that AJ Johnson and Ron Holland left not because of NIL, but because they wanted to play professional basketball, right? But everybody outside of those two, all of the players the University of Texas has targeted for the most part, it seems like they've gotten And if they have not gotten the players they've wanted, they've gotten really good, you know, plan B, plan C options to come in and compete at a high level at the University of Texas. So good job. Uh, to Ronnie Terry, you know, he couldn't let the Colin Simmons news, you know, outshine him. He had to go get a five star as well, all the way from South Carolina. Can't wait to see Cam Scott on the 40 acres next year. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hook them. Peace. I'll see you tomorrow.